0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another pretty techie episode of Inspiration Point. I am Andrew. I'm Adam. How are
1: you? (laughs) Well, this is a very methodical intro. Yeah, there you go. I'm doing pretty well. I just took uh, my daughter to Barnes & Noble and we went to look at stuff there because i was getting christmas presents uh i have a secret santa at work oh so i was thinking of so i wanted to get them something i also need to get my brother something and i thought i'd take my eldest daughter because she's been very interested in a certain hobby lately and so so i purchased for her and she's 10 her very first player's handbook and a and a set of dice. So, oh, you know, man. We're we're passing the torch. Oh, dude, you got to be so excited. Yeah, it's you know, it's it was funny. I had kind of like a serious conversation with her like I was buying her a car or her, her first gun, right? And I'm oh, like looking my. at her in in the eyes and I'm like, "This is serious. Now, are you going to read this? And are you going to study it?" And she's like, "Yes, I definitely will." And then I yes, said, "Yes, father. Right. Yeah, and I said very well. Then this, uh, uh, you will open this on Christmas. although, to be honest, we'll probably open it before then because we, you know, we'll have a little time to play. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So. Wow. I, now, now the hard part of actually learning how to play and and all that fun stuff. Oh so. my goodness!
0: All you gotta know: roll a twenty. It's either big and it's great, or it's
1: small and it sucks. Boom. Yeah, pretty straightforward. Yeah, I I'm definitely not going to front load all the, like, we're not going to fill out the whole sheet. You know what I mean? Like, I oh, yeah. What she wants to be. In fact, we've already talked about what she wants to be. She wants to be a drow druid uh, oh. named Becky. <laughs> <laughs> classic right oh man your daughter I was like are, are you sure about you sure about becky that's uh that's what you want to go with she's like i'm i'm certain i'm, I'm like certain i've given this a lot okay. of thought father <laughs> of course your daughter would go drow oh yeah oh yeah oh the drow have a special place in my heart uh the drow really cool they also have a special place in hell <laughs> true it's where loth lives yes but i i definitely dig them of course she's just thinking the dark elf looks cool that's like that's all she knows I'm like, i have like I. she doesn't know anything about loth she doesn't know anything about Menzoberranzan. or it's probably the, for the best or you know the the matriarchy or clerics or any of that stuff she definitely doesn't know about the big <laughs> scene with the in right like the what not, no i'm just kidding <laughs> like where do i begin um so there was this guy named Dritz. okay uh, <laughs> she doesn't give a d- about any of that all she knows is that one looks cool her hair is cool i want to be a, a a spider and i want to uh summon a wolf <laughs> totally that's normal she, stuff for that's for what she girl. yeah man she likes animals that's what she knows yeah absolutely Oh my god! Like we uh, we're going through the list of of uh, characters you could be, and we stop at druid, and I'm like, this one allows you to like work with uh, wildlife. You can you can transform into animals, or you can summon animals. Done. and She was like, I w- I want this one. I was like, Well, there's more. Do you want to go through? Nope. Uh, no, no. <laughs> we're good you said animals sold (laughs) and that was it and i was like okay
0: i mean you you should have seen that one coming a mile away yeah
1: i mean i want to be a spider maybe not but sure yeah I, I, i i so i'm excited um milestone very oh my goodness how about you how are you doing i'm doing good i
0: uh did a live stream with Nord today, and, nice, and we debuted the project that I'm working on right now, so I can actually talk about it. Oh, okay. What
1: are you What are you doing?
0: It is the sequel to Spectacular Settlements, and it is going to be called Dangerous Destinations. So D and D for short. Well, DD that'll never catch on. Never. Never will. Um, <laughs> we're we're a big fan of the uh, the alliteration, so oh, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, we gotta we gotta go that
1: way. But that part's obvious. Obvious.
0: So I've been plugging away on this for months now, and I haven't been able to show anyone. Um, we're gonna be doing the Kickstarter for this. I want to say January tenth. Or maybe it's 12th, I forget, somewhere in there. Uh, but basically, what Spectacular Settlements is for cities, hub kind of places where your player characters would normally go to either hang out or just, you know, live their lives, as well as uh, being a place to get quests and things like that. Dangerous Destinations is all about the places that you go to for all these different quests and trouble spots and stuff. And you could also use them for, you know, maybe it's not where you're going for the quest, but they're places you pass through um, where there are various problems and things like that. But it's being built in an interesting way compared to spectacular settlements, which was cool in its own right But with settlements, you have trading posts, villages, towns, cities, capitals, and fortresses. And each one of those builder chapters is very self-contained. So if you want to build a city, you flip to the city chapter, you go from start to finish, and boom, you're done. Hmm. Dangerous Destinations, on the other hand, is going to be a lot more small chapters. And it's going to be super modular where part one of the book is going to be destinations. So there'll be 12 different destination types like camp or burial ground or things like that. Then part two is environments, and there's 12 different environments uh, that you will be able to, well, you can pick from, but we like to roll. And then part three is gonna be dangers, and there's six of those. So what's gonna happen is that first you roll to see what destination type you've got. You turn to that, roll on those tables, it's a few pages. Then at the end of that chapter, you've got a table for the environment type and the type of danger. You roll on both of those to see what your environment is gonna be and what your danger going to be then you turn to that environment roll on those tables then you turn to the respective danger roll on those tables and you wind up with this totally unique kind of place with something crazy going on you know it might be a monster the different dangers are uh beasts unintelligent monsters uh intelligent monsters humanoids events items and magic so
1: so these are like essentially encounter zones right so pretty spectacular much settlements is all the sort of civilized territory you could encounter and these are the more or less either random encounters or possibly your main quest encounter areas to help give you ideas pretty much Yeah. So everything that is not a settlement that could be interesting to an adventurer, more or less. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, that's good because uh, now I can roll on dice to plan my entire campaign. (laughs) And
0: that is exactly what I've been trying to make. So, yeah.
1: (laughs) Something modular. That, you know, I like that, though, because, you know, if it's anything like spectacular settlements, then that means it's going to not replace my job, but it's going to sort of grease the wheels for me. And help me have fun being creative and, and right. make preparation into more of a fun creative exercise, maybe even kind of a game. Exactly as opposed to like this extra chore I have to do, which is really cool. Right. the The only other thing I need, which I I know is not easy, is just the like website. <laughs> oh yeah, you know that does that tracks all this for me. That that would be just swell wouldn't it that would be just swell yeah i would love to be able to do that yeah there's something still magical about you know sitting down and having your your notebook open oh yeah it, it can be a little bit cumbersome with everything else you have to hold yeah but it might be worth it it can be a lot i'm a fan of the paper though um you know there, at a certain point back in third edition because there, there were so many books oh god yeah and and the players wanted to pull things from everywhere so i i started just taking everything that was relevant like immediately relevant that needed to be referenced mm-hmm. and i actually photocopied like specific passages oh i think i remember that yeah and like for a character i remember i got one of the times i played I didn't want to flip through four different books to understand what my character did. And so I, I just photocopied all of the specific passages that I needed and they put it in like a, like a little binder thing. And yeah, um, you just keep that, it with your my character sheet. Year. Yeah. I mean, my, my character had like a monster race. It required like mm. a template, you know, it had a feat from this random book over here. It took the class from over here. Yeah. You know? And it was like, you know, this was well into third three point five's lifespan. You know, we're we're getting to the like the complete series. Oh yeah.
0: I god, I I still have the spell compendium. That was a big old book, man. Oh yeah. Nothing but they, they were, spells. They were awesome though. Oh yeah. They really were. Well, some more than others, but yeah. 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 Three five had so much.
1: You know, it's crazy. Out of all the books that I had, the only ones I still have are the main three. Oh, really? The the PHB, the Monster Manual, and the uh, Dungeon Master's Guide. I I sold off everything else. How did you sell them? Oh, I found a a gaming store. I basically got store credit.
0: Oh, okay. That's not a bad idea. I was looking around to try to sell all my stuff, and I was like, I don't even know how to offload all these books.
1: Yeah, I, I kept a few more fourth-ed books. I, I have like several copies of the PHP
0: because
1: mm. uh, my thought was one day maybe I'll play with this with like my kids or something. Yeah, and then fifth edition came out, and I was like, "Well, yep. let's do this one instead." <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> as much as I, I I I am one of those people that do like fourth edition. In my opinion, it's just better to run fifth edition and save your one or two favorite concepts from fourth. Yeah,
0: I mean, Ed kind of carried a lot of it over anyway, but
1: yeah. It's true. I love minions. Yeah, like minions, that's a great idea. I like the bloodied state and kind of playing with that. Yeah, yeah. Those are a
0: lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's the big thing that happened to me today. Uh, one of the big things I did make sure to tell folks was that much like Settlements... This book is not intended to do all the nitty gritty stuff like it's not going to tell you how to map this place or things like that. It's giving you thematic things and, you know, what's in the camp and what shape is the camp in that kind of stuff. Not like, you know, if you've got a grid and the grid is made up of five by five uh, foot, squares and, you know, put this here and put this there, that sort of thing. It doesn't do that. So for anyone listening, if they're hearing this and, um, you know, they're like, Ooh, you know, this is going to tell me exactly how to lay out my levels and stuff. It's not, it's going to help you come up with cool ideas for, like you said, like encounter zones, things where stuff might go down.
1: So I think, you know, a lot of DMS are probably doing what, what I do, which would be to use assets that you have access to and decide, well, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. And I, you know, because we do have limited assets and particularly if you play online, Like, the demand for having pretty cool-looking sceneries is going up, right? Yeah. You know, we're we're now dealing with, like, animated maps and stuff. Oh, my God. But I imagine that you could still take this book and go, okay, I'm going to fill in a few of these parameters by hand. Oh, yeah. Because I do want to make something for this map and then roll on the rest to kind of fill in the ideas.
0: Yeah, exactly. And assuming that we hit our stretch goals, there's going to be... I think at the top end, I think we're going to have like 60 pre-gens in it. So if we hit that, it's going to be basically five pre-gens for every single destination type.
1: Yeah, I would definitely like to, you know, we've talked about this, but I would definitely be into writing a couple of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was really hoping that was going to be available during my Christmas break. (laughs) Yeah. I know, but Sorry. It, is what it is we'll, we'll work it out. Uh, but speaking of which, uh, I don't think I mentioned this last week. Um, I may be teaching a Dungeons and Dragons class Ooh. at my school, which is pretty good. So maybe I can do it during class and, and call it, you know, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm busy doing part of this project too with you guys. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: Oh. I, I do look forward to it. It'll be good to learn to to spread the gospel according to Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Um, you know, to the young people, to my own daughter, to my students. It'll be really cool.
0: So how's, the, uh, how's that class coming together? How's it looking? Oh, uh, I'm
1: still just trying to finish econ right now. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we- We're having our final exam tomorrow, and hopefully oh. the students... Don't let me down, but uh the track record during Covid has not been spectacular mm. let, let's say that so hopefully that's a it'll it'll be okay well i <laughs> okay, I was like, okay, you um you're not allowed to do uh your notes on the exam uh however, you'll all be home and doing this uh, at home, and uh there's would be nothing I could do if you were to use notes. I'm trying to think of that that episode of Boston
0: Legal where Brad Chase and Denise are trying to track down this kidnapped kid and they're oh, talking yeah, I to his FBI buddy. I am definitely not saying to take this <laughs> fake warrant and <laughs> go, I would never ever tell you to, to to go behind the back of the FBI. And take this thing that I'm placing here on my desk. You never saw me do this.
1: That would be unethical. Yeah, yeah, pretty for much. For all the fans out there that are here for the D and D and are also Boston Legal fans, I'm uh, I'm not sure there's as much crossover as you and I would hope.
0: There are a few things that I hope for more than that.
1: They should have brought in David E. Kelly to finish Game of Thrones. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> that would have been actually insane. Who, who in what character in Game of Thrones do you think James Spader could have nailed
1: the best? Oh, Littlefinger. Oh, yeah. Man, you had that ready. Dude, because it's such a perfect fit. Either him or Varys. Either way would have been perfect. Oh, yeah. Although I, James Spader as a
0: eunuch is a weird idea. <laughs> but oh
1: my god yeah little finger jeez oh yeah yeah either role would have been fine um he also would have been a fabulous terry in fact uh, frankly it's just that you would have had to have done special effects to make him a dwarf yeah and and i would never replace peter dinklage at this point oh no but never 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 but i mean and, and fr- frankly all the actors Did well and and just for the record all of my complaints about the final season of game of thrones have nothing at all to do with any of the actors Mm -hmm. everyone did a fantastic job yeah god even
0: even those um those last couple seasons i mean direction issues and stuff aside like just the the set pieces and the performances were really something else um
1: lighting could have been better on some of those episodes oh yeah there were a few for the most part i was definitely really happy with how it looked and and how it was presented i you know well anyway we don't want to get too far into that but to answer your question yes james spader could have played any any of the spies uh yeah. perfectly uh perfectly well yeah he really could have that that could be a fun fan cast that I'm pretty sure would only be uh, for you and I to go through the entire cast of Boston Legal and and plug them into Game of Thrones. Oh man, <laughs> you you know Shatner would be Robert Baratheon. Oh yeah. Oh the, oh man, that's that's right on. Oh, percent,
0: totally. Except you you'd have to you'd have to let him live. Oh. <laughs> uh. I, I, I know I go around womanizing and
1: everything, yeah. but it's the mad cow <laughs> and Julie Bowen and Cersei for sure. Oh yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to stop. Oh, I'm going to stop right there. Yeah. Let's, let's, this, let's move on. So our topic tonight is because they're too easy. They work too well. Th-
0: they really do. They really do. <laughs> so, um, I think we both did something else this past week and,
1: uh, that's play <laughs> the
0: hell out of Cyberpunk 2077.
1: So this is relevant because you know Cyberpunk was a role playing game first, a and, TTRPG, and
0: still is. There's a, actually even a new edition called Cyberpunk Red,
1: which low key I do want to play. That would be really cool. Yeah, Spike um, actually just picked up his copy and he's digging it. Yeah, mm. so I'm I'm definitely into that. Yeah. That's really cool because. As good as this video game is, and, um, you know, it's pretty good. You know, if you have the right, uh, GM and you have the right players, then, I mean, there's nothing better than that. Oh yeah. When all those stars in line, it's not a better so good,
0: So good. So tonight our little inspiration point is basically we're going to get video gamey and talk about what we liked, what we've maybe had a little bit of beef with, uh, with or rather in relation to Cyberpunk 2077. Um, And before we dive in, (laughs) I do spoilers. Yes, I do want to let everyone know. (laughs) Here's the spoiler warning. Um, I don't think either of us have beaten the game yet. Probably not even close, uh, but I'm guessing we will probably wind up talking about some plot related stuff and. And even if uh, if you don't want mechanical spoilers and you want to be kind of surprised by some of the stuff you can find or do, Mm -hmm. um, maybe hold off on the episode till you
1: can, you know, dip your feet in the water. Yeah, I have about 25 hours on it. And Mm. personally, I I want to try to keep the review as general as possible to not be as spoilery as it can be. But I do want to talk a little bit about mechanics. Yeah. And I want to try to make it relatable to, to TTRPGs, oh, sure. at least tangentially. Uh, Cause I think there's a lot we can learn from, from other media and, you know, like books and, and video games and uh, film and that sort of thing.
0: Sure. Um, so putting that out there and also, um, just in case anyone is, you know, uh, a little topic sensitive, um, cyberpunk is a very mature video game it's it's uh probably what a lot of us would refer to as like a hard m rated game um so there may be some talk of sex drugs you know that kind of stuff so if you're listening to this with kids around you know we're not going to be cussing in it or anything but uh you know Mature content warning, maybe ish. We'll see. So uh, (laughs) just just uh, didn't want any any of our parental listeners to be like, man, you could have told me ahead of time. And now I have to answer a bunch of weird questions for my six year
1: old. I got to tell you, I am not father of the year because my son's already a fan of Rick and Morty. (laughs) Oh, oh my he's eight. (laughs) I I think his favorite character is Mr. Meeseeks. (laughs) i so i have no word (laughs) anyway
0: uh cyberpunk um first thing i want to jump into because i want to head this off at the pass is let's jump into the things that we didn't like first because i okay wow
1: starting negative on inspiration because
0: i want to end on a
1: high, on a high note. Yeah. Oh, oh gotcha. gotcha. So
0: let's get this stuff gotcha. out of the way so we can just nerd the heck out about the stuff we really dug. But it is not a perfect game. It, um, but it is still pretty amazing. But there was, yeah, I think we all are pretty aware of how much hype and marketing. Went into this yeah. game and uh, I I don't know that it would have been possible for anything to live up to the to the level of hype that this was getting.
1: And I think that both this game and Baldur's Gate are going to, you know, have a little extra scrutiny because there's marketing mm-hmm. and then there's also what we the players wish the yeah, game would be capable of and when you're taking a game that's from a ttrpg yeah. and that can be anything and then you inject those expectations into it you know regardless of what the marketing team goes we can wish for a lot as a community oh yeah high and When hopes. you don't understand how difficult these things are you don't understand how difficult art is you don't understand how difficult programming is and testing and and all of these things it all just seems magical and you assume that the expert can do it all right yeah yeah so we we do need to go in with a bit of a reality check and i think that if you look at this game and say to yourself this is going to be a pretty good video game then you'll know you'll probably have a good time oh yeah um, it, cause it's pretty good. Yeah. But okay. You want, you wanted to start with some gripes and I have gripes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you can, why don't you,
1: uh, fire the first shot? I love leveling up. I love picking talents. I don't love pushing stat points around. Mm. My character feels extremely lopsided. And I think that the level requirements encourage you to make a lopsided character Hmm. and now i'm unable to solve other problems Hmm. so i don't like stat pushing i dramatically don't like it one thing i really like about most TTRPGs is you don't typically move the base stats around you gain abilities Hmm. you accept leveling up into a certain degree of complexity and video games in recent time have done a really good job and TTRPGs for that matter, have done a really good job of making progressive gameplay more engaging and getting away from the uh, we just add plus one to things. Mm-hmm. Like third edition, this and fourth edition for that matter, they both really suffered. And I would say Pathfinder does this as well, where you you have to take things like weapon focus because they're gonna increase your chance to hit. Yeah. Thus your damage output, thus In a in a reverse sort of way, uh, improving your defenses, you know, because they're going to have less turns killing you. And but weapon focus is not an interesting feat, right? Right. This game is filled to the brim with with skill perks that are just number bumps Mm. and they're boring. There are a few good ones hidden throughout that are interesting that enhance the game gameplay or give you some sort of new active to think about right those are awesome yeah but honestly i was playing far cry 5 before this and i was like the leveling system in far cry 5 is better than this Hmm. as sad as that as that is now i know that part of that is just taste and preferences right i don't it's not exciting for me to level up and add three percent to my gun damage yeah that's not engaging
0: i i will so i will counter with the just with the fact that you get uh, it feels like you get levels and perk points at a much
1: higher rate, though. So that's, true. you know, but I would be happier with fewer and more interesting. Sure. Not to mention, you can kind of do both, right? You could have the flat number of perks kind of level into the more interesting perks. And to a degree, they they kind of do that. But I look at a game like Fallout 4, which I can't help but compare this game to, and the perk system in Fallout 4 is far more interesting and engaging. Hmm. Everything does something absolutely wild and crazy. And yeah, there some of the skills are like add 20% gun damage or whatever, hmm. but it's usually add 10%, add 20% gun damage and... Now your bullets have a chance to ricochet, mm. right? Or 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 whatever it is, or headshots, you know, give you an extra reward. Or now, if you hit them in the leg, then then they're slowed. There's always like a, but here's the active ingredient that can help you feel like you're better at the game. Mm. Uh, Shadow of Mortar does this really well. There's basically no skill in the game that gives you a a percentage increase that doesn't also give you some sort of new way to interact with the game. Hmm. And, you know, God awarded this as well. There's very few games nowadays that are doing this, and it just feels very outdated. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can understand that. It, it
0: makes me wonder, um, how much this is kind of potentially pulling from how the cyberpunk tabletop RPG functions. If, um, cause I, well,
1: I'd be surprised.
0: Cause I think, I think there are things in that where you're, you're putting additional points into different skills that you've got. And the, the more points you put into something, the better you're getting. So I wonder if they were possibly just trying to emulate that sort of thing. Um, I'm not familiar enough with the tabletop version to, To be able to definitively say one way or the other, though.
1: Right. So there's just this concept in in game design called power without gameplay. Yeah. And like creating power without gameplay is very easy, especially in a video game to implement. And it is something that you have to be careful with when you're doing a game that's run by human brains as opposed to computers because you just can't handle So much information. I mean, even in fifth edition, sometimes later in the game, you start losing track of everything you can do and it can be a lot. Yeah. But having said that, I think that at least modern design seems to recommend, and I agree with this. That when your character upgrades, they choose the level of complexity that they're going into. And it's not only helping to empower them, but to define their play style. And that, that is so important. Mm. And there is some of that here. I don't want to say it's like zero sum. There are some good things, but there is a lot of levels that don't feel good.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt like there were, there were plenty of levels where uh where I was plugging in a point and it it never felt bad or like a waste um but there certainly were plenty where it's like all right cool not very exciting you know yeah it's just you know you plug in the point and you move on which you know given how many points you can get you know I if they if they had this this many things and all of them were active things, it would be completely daunting. So maybe they were just going for some wow factor of like, oh my God, look at all the different things you can take. But like you say, a lot of them are, um, you know, I want to boost my handgun damage. I want to, you know, boost my light machine gun damage. I want to, Stuff like that. Um, but yeah,
1: not exciting.
0: Yeah. It, I, I've always personally been, I think, a bit more a fan of passive things than you. I, that's true. I don't, I don't mind passives. I don't want nothing but passives, but, um, there, I'm perfectly fine with saying, you know, yeah, let's, you know, ramp up the damage over here let's you know help my character lean into being really good at this stuff just by just by shoving up their numbers a little bit but i do understand where you're coming from and,
1: yeah. yeah that that goes into my second gripe though and this is a, a gripe i also had with the witcher where the gear is also by and large not exciting there are a few pieces that are cool um some weapons are are, are interesting to engage with but When I upgrade a pistol to another pistol, there's nothing really super special or unique. And I'm finding that I have to replace weapons very often as well as armor Mm. in order to keep up with the difficulty level of the quests. Yeah. I tried to do a very hard challenge and uh, it was basically impossible. I, I did one too. It was like, okay, so I I have to go back and I have to do other quests. And then that started to feel kind of grindy. And yeah, there's a, a level of grindiness that, that comes inherently with these games, I suppose. Well... But I, I don't know. I've gotten used to a lot of games where it gets more challenging based on your ability to play the game. Not you didn't stack crunch enough getting into this zone. And I guess I just kind of thought we were past that.
0: Uh... I don't know i mean the the very hard mission I did was to take out a uh a cyber psycho who um was basically just going nuts and you just had to take him out, but I went and I was trying to basically get up in the in the bad guy's face and take him down that way, and they would like one or two shot me like it was freaking serious so Mm -hmm. I wound up after (laughs) banging my head against that wall probably 15 or 20 times. I was like, okay, let's take a different approach to this. I whipped out my biggest freaking sniper rifle with this high-powered scope. And I went and I posted up on top of like a freaking skyscraper nearby (laughs) and just pumped round after round after round into this cyber psychos sitting down there and I wound up taking them out. And what surprised me was that once they dropped their loot, I picked it up and the loot they dropped was for a much higher level character than I was. So
1: it was, I dislike that too. uh, Right.
0: And it was like, Oh, just
1: great. Let me use the gun yeah i didn't didn't you kind of earn it right right isn't isn't you now possessing the gun mean that you kind of earned that right i mean you're gonna level into it anyway right why not why not but again it just but it comes back to the design of it was worth x amount of damage and that's just not very engaging right like it's and you had to sit there and snipe the same guy over and over again with a high-powered rifle. I To me, that kind of takes me out. Yeah. And, the, you know, in The Witcher, at least... And, and by the way, I, I care about cosmetics. Mm-hmm. And my character looks so stupid. I... <laughs> I have a really hard time. That's, that's one...
0: That is one beef that I had. Um, yeah. When I was making my character, I... Their character creator functions in kind of a, it's, it's a strangely built character creator. (laughs) It is weird. Like you can't choose what to zoom in or out on, um, (laughs) the controls for rotating the character are bound to the Q and E button instead of like just holding down a mouse button and rotating doing that. I did too. (laughs) And you just accidentally like scroll halfway down the list of options instead. And, um, and so, like, don't hit random. It's bad. It's real bad. (laughs) Um, so, and then I, I got my character to the point where I'm like, all right, I, I dig how this guy looks. But, yeah, the, and this is a weird, this is a weird me thing. But now that I'm playing, The character, I picture the character in my head, the Mm -hmm. way the mascot character looks in all the marketing. But my character, because you have the same voice no matter what. Right. And the way my character looks, I gave him a big beard with the mustache and stuff. And the this is completely nonsensical. But the voice actors voice, which is very good, by the way yeah doesn't sound how my guy looks which is a weird no, thing to I, say
1: but you know what i mean i thought at the very least they would have like a pitch modifier thing that i've seen in some other games mm. you know but it you know it is what it is but i i found myself having the exact same issue where my head cannon was different and i look in the mirror and i'm like Ugh.
0: <laughs> right
1: <laughs> right <laughs> Right. Like, can I just be uh, like, uh, can I just be Keanu Reeves now? Like, I mean, I'm halfway there. So, yeah. Can just, and you know what? Let's just look at that. That would be fine. So, so this, my character looks like a creep.
0: Right. And my, uh, this kind of goes into another gripe I had. And, and I've Googled around and stuff. And it was kind of heartening, at least to see how many other people. We're on this same wavelength of for a game that puts itself out there as as you can be whoever the heck you want like and and you're existing in a world where everything is about the superficial like look how you want have crazy style like do all these kinds of different things. And so you make your character and you would think that in a game like this, there would be a boatload of options in the game after character creation. To get
1: a haircut.
0: To change how you look. And there ain't. Yes. You can't. You can't get a shave. You can't 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 get a haircut. You can't get freaking reconstructive Tattoos. surgery
1: yeah um and yeah and i was i was a little underwhelmed by the implant choices uh as well i I thought there would be more i thought some of them would be sort of k like really crazy in terms of the cosmetic change to your body mm-hmm. and most of them are pretty minor yeah i mean granted
0: i i will say like i'm maybe i want to say 50 hours in now and oh boy! and I just got Do a lot more unlocked there's more like i got I just got gorilla arms,
1: and there's yeah. you know there's but you can see that in the store even early on. you just don't have the street cred for it right um but i I've also
0: noticed that different ripper docks offer different body modifications. So this that's nice. So the stuff you find at like Victor's, who's the first Ripper Doc you run into. I mean, he's in the in the trailers and stuff. So that's not a spoiler. But um the stuff that Victor offers is by no means even remotely close to all the stuff that's out there. So um that makes me want to go like check out what the other ones have. Um because that that could be pretty interesting. Um, and you know, I, th- I think talking about this game, it, I guess we can't be going through our gripes and not mention the bugs. Cause, cause there are a fair
1: amount of yeah. them. Um, well, I, to, to be fair, I kind of blame the fans for this one. Yes. Maybe the, maybe this game could have been in the oven a few more months, to be honest. Yeah. It doesn't feel quite ready. It also doesn't feel quite optimized. And and that gets to another gripe where, boy, what do you got to have to get this thing on full settings? I mean, yep. it is, I don't have a slouch of a computer by any means. And I just replaced a bunch of parts. And I, it still looks bad. Mm. I, in order for me to run a decent frame rate, I have to turn it down. Right. I, I
0: think I'm running and on medium. so
1: frustrating. Yeah.
0: I'm looking into getting like a... um like a an RTX 3080, like the freaking yeah, big I mean, one. I have, to,
1: I have to get like top of the line everything. And yeah, that is a lot to ask. Like, why don't you just make your game accessible? But I don't know, maybe given more time, they could optimize it better. You yeah. realize that there's there's pressure on them to push the technology as far as they can because they all want to make money together. Yeah. But at the same time, like, boy, it's so frustrating to have already spent hundreds of dollars on upgrades and then have it not work oh that's yeah yeah meanwhile like i can play kingdom come deliverance and it looks fantastic and you know by the way could we could we start getting somewhere in gaming where we care more about style than always hyper realism yeah where we we could maybe i don't know do something i don't want to say cartoony but you know at least more fantastic yeah that we can work more with art and we see that more with like kind of 2d games or indie games, you know, where they sort of play with style a little bit more. Right. But I would like to see big studios go, okay, we don't always have to go to hyper realism every single time. Right. Yeah. It's,
0: that's something that I, I think just kind of comes with the
1: territory. I mean, yeah, maybe so, you know,
0: huge, big budget shooter, you
1: know, it makes sense for Cyberpunk too, where you're you're going for grit, yeah, for the most part, yep. So that does make sense. But I know that it's going to be every game. And it's like, to Am I really only going to have fun if I can see the pores in the skin of this character? Right? Like, yeah. Say what you want about Dragon Age Two, it was pretty. Yeah, I love the art style. Yeah, it did it look was like, nice. It looked really great, and it, you know there was this weird mix of sort of a cartoonish style with realism so it felt like a fantasy game yeah and and again maybe that's more uh, of a boon for a fantasy game but mm-hmm. like at the same time like they really did something kind of different and creative with with da2 yeah um, they did though they didn't do a lot with level design but anyway yeah um so yeah bugs
0: and performance are an issue Those are big issues um
1: but they're working
0: through them so you know, that's to their credit. I, I remember seeing I saw, <laughs> you know, that meme that's out there where it's like multiple panes of the uh, the West Coast choppers guys, the the old dude and his younger son screaming at each other. And then his son, like, throws right, a right. chair.
1: They're the throwing. Stuff, yeah, yeah.
0: Where <laughs> the the first panel was like. Give us cyberpunk. And someone goes, it's not ready. And, he, and then he goes back to the old guy. He goes, give it to us anyway. He goes, fine. And he throws the chair and the chair is cyberpunk 2077. And then and then it goes to the next man. And it's like, there's so many bugs. Fix them. And they're like, what the hell? <laughs> they're just like, they can't poor cd Project Red they can't freaking win everyone was
1: so excited and well and, and i think this gets to the larger issue of the hype right and yes, i think that the hype so is the main culprit much. here you know video games cannot give you the same experience as a ttrpg they can give you very enjoyable yep. memorable maybe even emotional experiences and they and they're great but we we do need to dial back and remember this is a shooter game mm-hmm. it's about shooting yeah. And yeah, there's dialogue and talking, by the way, there's not many dialogue options. And that's a huge gripe. I have mm. a lot of the dialogue options also are they are there to give you a little extra, but eventually you have to pick the option that moves you on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, am I playing a JRPG? Like, what is this? Like, how come I can't like verbally express myself? Mm hmm. That was a big letdown. There's there's fewer options here than in, in like a Bioware game, and hmm. I'm, I'm pretty disappointed about that.
0: Yeah i I don't know. Like i've I've actually been really enjoying the dialogue. i I don't know if I feel like I'm making a ton of choices, which feels weird to say, but i I've been enjoying. I've been enjoying it kind of like I had enjoy a movie where the the acting, the performances, and even the writing, um, from what I've experienced so far has been really enjoyable. Um That's pretty good. Like I've had several scenes where uh where I've been like riding in a car with another NPC and they're driving somewhere, and they're just like talking with you while they drive and yeah that's pretty cool it's yeah i've i've loved it like these little um half the time they're not necessarily plot focused conversations are like oh hey look at that thing over there hey how how are you doing (laughs) oh i'm i'm not used to being asked that uh i you know i i guess i'm okay uh and like they start answering, you
1: hit skip, right? <laughs> rough. I don't want to, like, never mind. You're boring. Um, There's also the, I will say the game is very immersive. Yeah. I mean, a positive, I, I realize. But man, it's really important to me in a role playing game to be able to express myself. You might even call it role playing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like no matter what, I'm kind of just V. And I don't know. I feel like I have fewer choices than Shepard did. Yeah, nah, that that could uh, that could be. That's too bad. Like, because everybody trashes on like the Paragon Renegade system. It's so binary. Yeah, right. And it's like, okay, well, now we're intentionally not doing that, and now you don't even have the two options. <laughs> now you have the okay. You get to do one thing, right? You know, and which is fine. You know, if your character's name is Kratos. And you're going to act like Kratos. It doesn't make sense for you to be like, I'm Kratos, but this time nice. Right. Right. Like that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. And in, in the Witcher, it's like you're Geralt. Like, okay. You get to pick between your girlfriend and that's about it. Right. Well, but you're, you're Geralt. Okay. And And so it's like, okay, fine. That's, (laughs) that's actually the, this kind of the, the place I was coming
0: from. With this too, is that like, even though you're V and you get to kind of pick how they look and stuff, I feel like they made this game with a clear idea of who V is, much like Geralt, where that might just kind of be CD Projekt Red's sort of modus operandi, where like they, they prefer to have a more defined character and build around that
1: but th- i don't i don't buy that i have to tell you because it, it, your name is v it's meant to be gender neutral but yeah. beyond that it's also meant to be character neutral v is anything you want it to mean right and on top of that it is a first person game even though you can spend all this time putting your you're putting on your makeup just right you don't see it 99 percent of the time right because you're locked into the first person camera and so all that's really left for you is to be able to express yourself in a verbal way right and i don't believe that the intention of v is to be a specific character that they had in their head Ganon. i don't i don't think that is the intent i think that they realize that reality exists And that they can't make like a billion lines of dialogue that way. Right. Which is why I've been coming around to while I love listening to Hawk and Shepard give voice lines at the same time. Like if I have to give those things up to be the warden or to be the main character in Baldur's Gate three then I think it's actually worth it. Hmm. I would rather just read my dialogue and have more choices hmm. and be able to be a truly unique character in terms of uh, uh, my, how my character behaves. Interesting. And again, this is a place where TTRPG is the absolute King. Yeah. Because, um, you get to say literally anything you want. Uh, although you might not sound as cool as you had wished. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right and your GM can say whatever they want and you know, and it's perfectly fluid. And, and so we do have to temper our expectations, but having said that, I felt like uh, you get a better experience as Darth Revan. Uh, you get a better experience as the warden, you get a better experience even as Hawk. And it's um, I'm a bit let down. Mm. So at this point we should probably move on to the positives, right? <laughs> <'Cause Yeah. they're- laughs> um i'll be honest i had a lot of gripes and i'm sorry i kind of hogged a lot of those no it's it's fine i i think the i had three other
0: gripes and i i don't want to dive way into these but um the 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 map the functionality of the map needs some help um there's a map yeah (laughs) The map. No, I, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I just don't use it. <laughs> it's not useful. I see what, uh, what you're doing there. Um, and <laughs> then, and I, I understand fully that this is 100% intentional. This is what night city is supposed to be. So this is not like something that CD project red did wrong or anything, but sex is, is freaking everywhere. It just doesn't. Well, yeah. It just, it doesn't freaking quit. And that coupled. It's also the same ads over and over again, which is kind of. Right. And on top of that, it's just constant
1: noise. Like. Right. I have no problem with that. Because I think it is par for the course. I think it is what you sign up for. Right. right But on the, my, my gripe on that is that, okay, but we only came up with like 10 ads. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, literally everyone's watching bottoms up and there's like three other options and then that's it. Right. Yeah.
0: So, um, those, those were, those were my, my last couple little beefs. Um, but I am ready to get into, what we've been the enjoying positives. and I'll let you jump into those.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, the game is very immersive. I will say that uh, I, d- despite my complaints, I think when, I, once I just tried to accept the game for what it was, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is fine. There's still a lot of build paths. Ultimately there was a billion progression trees to go down. Mm-hmm. So that that's pretty neat. So there's going to be a lot of replay value in that yeah. way. Even if a lot of those perks are not super interesting, like it's still like different enough. Oh yeah. That there's, there's a lot of mechanics to explore. The game is very immersive. Like I said, like, uh, you know, you definitely feel like you're in night city. Night city is definitely its own character. Yeah. It feels, it feels pretty alive for the most part. Uh, A lot of the NPCs are, you know, at least different looking and, and interesting in that way. A lot of the main characters, they definitely st- stand out as main characters because yes. they have extra detail. Yeah, But like characters like Misty and Ruby emote a lot. Yeah. And they're very compelling mm-hmm. because of that. Well, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Pan Am. I think she's going to she, be my waifu.
0: She was freaking cool. I just finished a, a mission with her and she was she's something else for sure. And yeah, I went with the nomad background too. So mm. she was, she's also nomad. So there was that, um, that commonality there too, which was really,
1: really neat. Yeah. So I, yeah, I totally dig it. And in terms of those characters, they're really great.
0: Yeah. I mean, sp- speaking of NPCs, I mean, we, you gotta mention freaking Johnny. I mean, what mm. a, what a freaking performance. Keanu Reeves, like he—he he is such—it's such a a powerful character, and and I liked the fact that that he—I gotta tell you—I'm not as blown away by by his performance. I—I I don't know. I—I I feel like he's. I mean, it, it's Keanu Reeves, so you know. I <laughs> so he, he just gets points for free. <laughs> no, I. More, I tend to expect a certain kind of acting from Keanu Reeves. (laughs) So, Gotcha. (laughs) So, like, you know, if it's Keanu Reeves, you have an idea of what you're going to
1: get. You do, and he's very true to the Keanu Reeves experience, you might say, but there are a lot of lines where I'm like, this feels like he doesn't know what's going on in the scene and that he's... A little bit reading from a gigantic, admittedly, script that's filled with like hundreds of lines, right? So, mm. um, sometimes I'm wondering if he understands the context in every scene. Mm. Sorry, we're supposed to be talking about positives. He looks great.
0: Yeah. Um, I've been, let's see, uh, I've really been enjoying the, the dialogue. Like we said before, um, the, I feel like the, the kind of, Depth and sincerity of a lot of the writing has been really good. I've been enjoying those.
1: Definitely Jackie. Oh, he's know? so, he's, Jackie's a great, character. terrific. Basically, all the Valentinos, man. I'm like, I want to like re roll and just do Street Kid and be a Valentino, like straight up, because those guys are like the realest. I
0: don't think I've actually run into any of the other Valentinos yet. I think I maybe haven't, um, followed those uh paths which is interesting um especially given that you're maybe half as many hours in and you've clearly seen a bunch of characters and interacted with a bunch that i haven't even touched yet which that's that's very interesting to me
1: yeah that there's a lot to explore and i think that if you're the explorer type that we talked about when we talked about the bartles tech song right I think that there's going to be a lot here for you to do, even if a lot of it is going to feel kind of samey, but I would still say there's plenty to entertain you for 60 bucks. Oh,
0: you freaking bet. Uh, let's see. I, I've been enjoying the level design. Like when you get to, it is good. It's so cool. Like, yeah, I came into this game basically expecting it to be like Deus ex on steroids like human revolution. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like I've been pretty much getting that where Mm -hmm. the story I, I was not expecting to have a Baldur's gate planescape torment, you know, level of freedom. Um, I was more expecting we're going to throw a ton of different levels at you. And let you try to approach these situations using a bunch of different techniques um, and different combat options and things like that. And we're going to give you uh, um, interaction sandboxes, and I feel like I've been getting a lot of that. Where you can go in guns blazing, you can go in stealth. You can, you know, you can mix those two things up, and this. Kind of leads also into hacking, which has been really fun, just interacting with all the different gadgets that are
1: around. Yeah, there's not mages, but there's hacking. Yeah. (laughs) And it's the same thing. But I do like that as well. I've been doing a hard stealth build. Yeah. And so to, you know, to touch on the level design a little bit, I was impressed that there seemed to be multiple ways for me to solve my problems Mm -hmm. where, It's not quite Hitman, but it's actually pretty close. Yeah, Hitman has a lot of like built in sort of scenarios where you can like set up accidents and traps. Right. Which is really cool. This doesn't do quite that, but there's still like, okay, you can't get in through the store. That's fine because you can probably climb up to the roof somewhere or you can get in through a window or, oh, this NPC has a quick conversation and then he walks off into a secluded spot to check his phone. And then you can bushwhack him and take his, his passcode, right? Like there are a lot of creative ways to, to get through a level. And I, and that is a big, that is a big bonus for me on this. Yeah.
0: Especially when, uh, when you start talking replay value and going, okay, not only could I take my stealth approach and come at this level, different ways just using stealth but you could also come in with like you know a full body build and you know you go in with a with a tweaked out baseball bat and just go smashing people left and right or you go in with you know heavy machine guns or explosives or or you just go go in hacking and use you know use machines and stuff Or um, even have the enemies like turn on themselves or each other. Like there's a ton of um, problem solving interaction uh, customization that's available. And I really have Mm -hmm. been enjoying that that freedom. Every level feels like this big, cool puzzle that you can approach and a myriad of different ways I I feel like yeah, so they that's hit good. the nail on the head for that
1: so you know as far as voice acting emoting overall feel of the world and level design I think those are the big pluses yeah. for cyberpunk and I think that if you do have a machine that you know is essentially you know very top of the line you're it's gonna look beautiful oh yeah Absolutely, but you better have it. <laughs> oh,
0: a lot of people have been saying that um Cyberpunk is going to basically be like this generation's crisis, and
1: absolutely, like we'll I'll go back and play it. Like we'll we'll take a year long hiatus and we'll come back with like upgraded machines. and Go, yeah, hey, this game's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. So I, you know, at the end of the
0: day, do I think this game is worth sixty bucks? You bet. Sure. I mean, clearly the amount of time and effort and thought that has gone into this is huge. And I also have been trying to kind of take this with a little bit of a grain of salt, if only because uh, CD Projekt Red up until Cyberpunk, all they had ever done was The Witcher. That's it. And it was a third person a third person fantasy. So, this game to me feels like it's way outside their wheelhouse. And if you look at the the progression of uh that CD Projekt Red had from The Witcher 1 to The Witcher 3, it's huge. And it went from this this game yeah. where not many people knew about it, you know. I there were so many people I know who never played The Witcher One. I haven't. And now you've got The Witcher 3, which honestly may be maybe my best game ever. Like that game is freaking incredible.
1: I definitely like it better than Cyberpunk, to be honest.
0: Sure. And yeah. I mean, it makes me wonder like, okay, this is CD Project Red's first shot at this kind of game. And for a first shot at something that is largely.
1: It was ambitious. Yeah. You know, it's. Yeah, it's ambitious.
0: And it's outside their wheelhouse. And I and I think that I do look forward to what they might put in and change with the expansions and all the free DLC uh, that they add. Yeah. Because that could.
1: Uh, Not to mention modding. Oh, God. Yeah. Really great.
0: And CD Projekt Red has always been a really great when it comes to their attitude toward modding and things like that. So, um, you know, with, with what the future may hold for this game, as well as what the community can, can, and most likely will bring to the table far and away, easily worth your 60 bucks. Mm -hmm. Don't let your kids play this game.
1: no. Probably not. I mean, unless you're a real cool dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Um, but <laughs> no, it's extremely violent and sexual and there's a lot of drugs and smoking and just everything is just awful all the time. So, yeah, <laughs> you definitely you got to be ready for that. It is there as, you know, as a
0: commentary, like they they've been pretty pretty explicit in stating like okay just to be clear we're not stating that all this stuff is something to
1: aspire to <laughs> this is it is bad <laughs> this is bad yo yeah you kind of get that sense although it is kind of funny to have like a 60 dollars video game tell you about how corporations are bad but that's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah i've i've seen it's a like- lot of people go like yeah they're <laughs> They're saying how corporations are all, you know, these big companies that wreck people's lives. Oh, by the way, um, disregard the fact that this game was made, uh, especially in the last several months
1: by having a bunch of their employees have to crunch. And it's like, yeah, which I, uh, I have no problem with crunch time. You have to get your work done when you promised it would be done. But, you know, maybe we dial back on some of the preachiness. But anyway, that's just. Sure. We're talking about positives. We're talking about (laughs) positives.
0: Well, and and I know that we've gone well over our time, but I know we've we've both been. But we griped a lot. We we did. (laughs) And, uh, you know, negativity sells. (laughs) No.
1: Yeah. I I, I do feel kind of bad, you know, but I do want to you know, maybe attempt to bring this back around to like the positive message of of, you know, love that we try to talk about, of love being a, a secret ingredient to good game design. And I think that in some ways that Cyberpunk is a good example of things for us to emulate mm-hmm. in whatever game that we're designing. Yeah. You know, whether it be a Dungeons and Dragons adventure or our own cyberpunk adventure yeah. or a different video game, there are some some lessons where I think the little love shows through. It whoever was setting up the actors to play characters like Misty oh, and yeah. Ruby and Jackie, I think that they they absolutely cared about their craft and yeah. they absolutely were into it. And I love even that a company is so bold and ambitious to try to uh, achieve something that isn't just another COD. Yep. You know, and if you like COD, great, that's fine, but it's not for me. Yeah. And I think that people that like hardcore RPGs, you know, we have to wait a long time yeah. to get the kind of experience that, that we're looking for. You know, geez, Louise. I mean, Skyrim came out in 2011. We still don't have Elder Scroll six. Oh, my God. You just have to wait for these things. And it's well, and, you know, people that get to play shooters all the time don't understand the struggle. No, that they okay. don't. And. And the, the, and I think in some places where we don't see that love quite as prevalent is maybe where it it, it, it lacks a little
0: bit. Yeah. And I think, I think also, you know, coming and we, we, I suppose we mentioned this a little bit earlier that coming from a background of being huge fans of tabletop RPGs, like One of the biggest selling points, if not the biggest selling point of a tabletop RPG is that freedom that you get. Like you talk to anyone about it. Why would I play this and not a video game? You can try anything, anything your, your imagination is the limit. And, you know, we all have this this kind of pie in the sky dream that one day it's a true. video game will capture it. Like, I remember I had literal dreams about that when fable was still project ego. And yeah, like the stuff that Peter Molino was promising. Promised. I was like,
1: yeah. I didn't know the Michael Scott of game. Oh designers.
0: my gosh. And, and this was back when I, You know, when I'm in high school and yeah, and I don't know any better. So I'm hearing all this stuff. You just believe. Yeah. I'm like, this can happen. (laughs) And and then it comes out and it's, you know, it's it's a good, fun adventure game. But it was not a tabletop RPG, even adjacent kind of experience. No. No. And it's um,
1: but if they had just marketed it as, "Here, here's a fun ad- adventure RPG right. game," you'd been like, "Oh, great! This is this is pretty fun. It's short, but it's pretty fun." And I feel like Cyberpunk really did suffer
0: for the hype because it because yeah, I mean, imagine that we got this and we hadn't heard anything about it. If it just I've
1: been like, "Hey, this is pretty this cool. is pretty
0: freaking cool,"
1: yeah, it's all right
0: and you know i i don't know i i'm i'm i will say i'm still having a blast with the game i'm gonna play the crap out of it and i'm really excited to try out a bunch of the um the different approaches and builds that you can have
1: yeah and i definitely want to do a one punch man gorilla uh, oh yeah just just walk around and uppercut my problems. You just like, knock like- dudes out windows. That would be cool. Heck yeah.
0: <laughs> and and you know I don't know if this is a plus in Cyberpunk's favor or not but it still leaves me wanting to try uh, to really get into the tabletop version of Cyberpunk as yeah. well. Yeah. You know it wets my appetite and and it also feels like it's not like oh well now that cyberpunk 2077 is out and it's so dang amazing you don't ever need to play the tabletop
1: rpg you know they both have their place i will tell you as decent as this as this adventure is in this video game i feel like we know at least one gm who would tell a better story to be (laughs) honest maybe maybe (laughs) <laughs> and i and i hope he hears that and takes that as a compliment but you know like as you should I think there's a lot you know and and again he's got the advantage of it being a a tabletop game and you know being able to sort of customize the adventure to what we want to do but at the same time like man there's a lot of room to play with the setting and do even more with it than this than this video game presents but it, it's a it's a nice taste yeah
0: it is it, it really is. So, that is our review of what we have played of Cyberpunk 2077. Um, and we definitely tried to make sure we are giving it to you guys straight. Um, you know,
1: and and if I, and if I may like just jump in here real quick, sure. like I I know we've done a lot of griping. But I think I, I want to express that, at least for me, and I think for you too, it does come from a place of us caring about the, about RPGs. It comes from a place of us caring about role-playing experiences and the way that we sort of feel for this community. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we're complaining because we want it to be the best it possibly can be. Right. And we think that there are ways that it could have been improved. Yeah. But We don't, I mean, we we both spent a lot of money to play this. It it does not give us pleasure to dump on it. And I I certainly have no monetary reason to want to dump on it. You know, we hope that these criticisms will not make you feel bad for liking something. Because we ultimately do like it. I'm going to play it a lot more, (laughs) for sure. But I do think it is important for us to criticize and to... To challenge game design in a way to help us progress and be better designers at our own tables or in our own studios. Right.
0: And I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, and, uh, and to the credit of a lot of the games journalists out there, um, I've been reading many reviews where a lot of these reviewers are being pretty straight with uh with CD project red and telling them like look here are some major spots where you drop them and these are things that really ought to be fixed and these are reviewers who are writing for outlets that have some major kind of pull in the industry like these are reviews that i have no doubt are being read by people over at CD project red. So that gives me hope that, that the developers over there are seeing this stuff and going, you know what? Yeah, we could implement something like this. You know, our thinking was a little bit off on these things. um, But there's always room to grow, you know, as evidenced by the Witcher one, all the way to Witcher three, like, you know, it mistakes are the best way to learn you know
1: and that's a great point And when we, when we go into criticizing these games because as gamers i think we're good at criticizing yeah them. you know let's be careful not to overly lambast something for being less than perfect yep. so that we don't end up canceling star wars movies we might have enjoyed Ugh, <laughs> right god like right go oh, we can overdo it sometimes yeah. and And so let's, let's go into this with a grain of love. Yeah. And, and I, I also want to
0: make a point of saying thank you. If, if, if in some other universe, they are actually listening to this show. Thank you to all the developers, everyone at CD project red, who went through crunch, who, had to deal with all the craziness, all the, all the reviews, all the, you know, everything. Thank you for your hard work, whether it was something that panned out or not, you know, there's a guy who, or gal who put in hard work to texture a brick or a rock or some trash on the ground. You know, there there's a lot of there's a lot of very real work that can go into that goes into making something this big that is thankless work or that is not the glamorous stuff that you see in the making of videos and stuff like that.
1: And by the way, this is by no means an abject failure. Oh, God, no. This is a game company. That shot for Moon. probably the S the S rank, and it's probably a solid B, B plus maybe, you know, and it's fine, it's good. There's a lot here to learn. Yeah. And and a lot here to to grow from. And by the way, in my opinion, you know, a B means that in the right place at the right time for the right person, it's awesome. Yeah. This will be a a real good experience for most people. It's going to be an S rank game for for some folks for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah, temper, temper yourself. Yeah, temperance. Yeah, is the key word. And (sighs)
0: speaking of temperance, we probably ought to wrap it wrap it up. So. Let us not forget to thank our loyal patrons, Logan and Spike. You guys Thanks, guys, are awesome. And if you want to support us, just like Logan and Spike, you can head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and support us at the five or one hundred dollar level. Uh, and if you Why are you laughing, <laughs> I, it's, it's the jump. I, it, it's
1: a, it is, it a, is jump.
0: a jump. Yeah. But if you want a super, as, uh, as they say in Cyberpunk, preem game oh, run, yeah, just for you, it'll be worth that hundred bucks. You bet.
1: Well, anyone else who pays, you yeah. bet. <laughs> um, so, you know what? Hey, show up with your buddies and pull in for that hundred dollars and, uh, and we'll work it out. You know what I mean?
0: Mm. Like we will,
1: I, I listen until they're pounding down my door, hey, it'll work. You out. Know. <laughs> Um
0: so yes, head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and give us a little love. We'd appreciate it. And uh, yeah, let's see, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you found us. And if this is your first time listening, be sure to download and check out our other episodes. You should be able to find us on most major podcast platforms, including iTunes and Spotify. And if you listen via iTunes, please be sure to leave us a five-star review and tell us what you think. Don't just click the stars. Use your words, write stuff, you know, talk to us. We'll talk back. We promise. We're well, we probably will
1: in some way. Criticism's fine too, but leave the five-star. Yes. Feel like man, I could uh, man. This is not the best podcast I've ever heard. It's pretty bad. Five stars. five stars. <laughs> Boom. Perfect. <laughs> okay, that's fine. You can
0: also find our website at inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com, and we're also on Facebook at facebookcom slash podcast and on Twitter at iprpgcast. So uh, thanks everybody for hanging out and adam thank you for talking with me about cyberpunk finally i can actually say that this game is out and that i've played it and that it is fun and uh i'm happy that it exists and i'm happy that you exist Aww, the feeling's mutual oh yeah and uh with that note of love till next time stay inspired bye bye